0: I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Dharma, I take refuge in the Sangha. So it's the first full day of the Cultivating the Empty Field session, and this talk is entitled, Dropping into Everything, You Belong Here. I read this one line from Hongzhi last night, and it contains a lot, so I want to read it again. Open-minded and bright, without defilement, simply see into and drop off everything. Open-minded and bright, without defilement, simply see into and drop off everything. One of my favorite analogies for the nature of mind is awareness like the sky. Awareness like the sky. Can you, right now, recognize awareness like the sky? This is pointing to a simple function of mind. Chosen Roshi has this teaching. It's very simple, yet it begs to be repeated probably over and over again. She says the mind has two functions, thinking and awareness. The function of awareness is what we are practicing here. Could say they both happen spontaneously. The function of awareness is what we're recognizing here. The ancient Zen masters and sages of old in so many different traditions call awareness the nature of mind or essence of mind because awareness is primary, first. Awareness is before thought, could say more fundamental to who we are than thought. And we all have awareness in full measure. Awareness like the sky. Yet for so many of us, because the habit of identifying with thoughts is so strong, which is the human condition, we've been conditioned to identify with the thinking mind, with our judgments, with our narratives, with our future plans, we have to practice recognizing the ground of mind, the nature of mind, awareness itself. And we have to practice not only recognizing but familiarizing ourselves with it so more and more we're identified with awareness and less and less we're caught in the tangle of thoughts, trying to find satisfaction through concept or idea. Through judgment and grasping. So we're here doing something that is so natural to us. Developing, cultivating the capacity to be aware. And we're doing it. We're doing it. When the mind or our attention is identified with thought, our awareness is small. Our awareness becomes the size of the thought. I notice when I talk about that, my hand goes like this. There's a kind of contraction. It's it's interesting to notice, well, what's your experience? I'm trying to illustrate a feeling sense of um, what identification uh, is, is feels like or how that's experienced in this body-mind. And that's something that we can all begin to get more and more familiar with. What does it feel like to identify with a thought, with an idea, with the sense of self? What does that feel like? Is that freedom? <laughs> does that feel good? <laughs> or is it stressful? So, Back to this, um, awareness becomes the size of thought when we're identified with thought. So if thought is worrisome, our awareness, our whole world, if we're identified with worry, is the shape of worry, the shape of anxiety. If the the thought is inspiring, then we take that shape. It's not always bad, (laughs) but it's limited, right? Um, if it's rageful or angry, we may say or do things that are violent and harmful. And we've probably experienced this, being so caught in a particular belief that we kind of lash out and say something that we wouldn't normally say if our view was bigger, if we could hold multiple perspectives. There is, and we could come become more familiar with and come to recognize a claustrophobic feeling of being identified with thought, being trapped in the mind maze. Jim Harrison, a famous poet, has this phrase in one of his poems, and this is my paraphrase of it, but I've tied myself up many times without using a rope. I've tied myself up many times without using a rope. Isn't that true? That's a good description of the feeling of being caught or identified with thought, the tangle of thinking. And to use thought to get make sense of thought or to get space from thought often creates more and more of that tangle. And we're stuck in the surface of the mind. Awareness is before thought. Hangzhou says, from the outset, all beings have this field that is a clean, spacious, broad plane. In the Zen tradition, there is this simple practice instruction take the backwards step. Take the backwards step. And a metaphor that we have been using here the past number of months um, that Jujaku came up with is to zoom out, to press the zoom out button. When you notice that the mind is identified with thought, taking the backward step out of the thinking mind into awareness, can feel like that. Or zooming out. Oh, I was this small. I was identified so much with worry. And now, oh, I can see that worry is just part of the field. You don't have to get rid of worry. It's just changing your location to it, changing the degree to which that's all that's on the screen. So when you notice the mind is identified with thought, that noticing is awareness. So right there is the ability to shift into awareness, to take that backward step. Another um, analogy from Uchiyama Roshi, or image from Uchiyama Roshi, is to open the hand of thought. Open the hand of thought. It's not pushing away, it's not getting rid of, it's just And then thought can move and transform and disappear. <laughs> and then there might be a space before the next thought arises. Hunger. open-minded and bright without defilement, simply seeing into, simply see into and drop off everything. Awareness is like the sky, a bright sun-soaked sky, an empty field in that it is spacious, boundless, open, and also lucid and clear. Sometimes we say awake awareness, awake awareness, or alertness. And you don't have to, we don't have to do anything to make this happen to make awareness be open or spacious or aware. It simply is. That's qualities of the nature of awareness. At the ground of your being, hosting all experience is awareness, like the sky. Like the sky hosts the weather, clouds, rain, bird song, airplanes, pollution, our songs, and our griefs, without being defiled, without being defiled by them. Same to awareness is undefiled by the content of awareness. You can think the most gruesome, worst thought, and it appears and it disappears. Undefiled by thoughts, emotions, feelings, judgments, praises, blames, fear or sorrow, painful knees, Awareness is just simply aware. This is profound. Hungzhur <laughs> says, within the field, within the empty field, we plow the clouds and sow the moon. Within the field, we plow the clouds and sow the moon. Sometimes attention gets hooked. And we will, many times in this sashin and throughout our lives, identify with the content of awareness. We will identify with the blame and fear and sorrow and praises, with the subtle sense of me, isolated from everything else. With the narration of me and my problems, my suffering, my practice is going well, my practice is not going well. And it's okay to identify with the content of awareness. That's what humans do. We identify with the content of my, dot, 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 with the narration, with the surface. And that's just a habit. It's a habit we learned, and it's a habit we can unlearn. Open-minded and bright, without defilement, simply see into and drop off everything. So Sheen practice is an invitation to simply see into this habit of identification, to see what's really going on, to see what this mechanism of identification is all about. So identification is not bad is not wrong. It's actually the work of Sashin, to see how the mind identifies, to get curious about this, because this is the nature of suffering and the nature of freedom. Right there. Right there. So what is this mechanism of identification all about? What is your experience I don't want you to write a paper about it or tell me in concepts. What is your experience? What are thoughts made of? Look right now. What is this mechanism of grasping, of identifying? What is it made of? How do you know it? How do you experience it? What happens when you look directly at it? Right here in the present moment, this arising thought, what is it made of? Does it have substance? This isn't a silly question. Does it have substance? What is that substance? Does it have duration? How long does it last? Right here in the present moment, what is the sense of self made of? Where do you experience it? Is the sense of self body sensations? Well, what are those made of? from the inside directly experiencing feelings. Well, what are those made of? We have this teaching, all things are empty yet apparent fleeting, arising and passing, instantaneous. Is that true for you? Emptiness, not a concept. It's a concept it can feel like a vacuum, a void, this thing that I'm looking for. But in your experience, empty yet apparent, this sense of self, thoughts, feelings, emotions, do they arise and pass, are they changing, can you actually grab a hold of any of it, is there space within thought, is there space within a painful me, Is there space within this feeling sense of I? Is there space within the argument, within the ferocious judgment? Is there space within the constricted breath? the fiery shoulder blade. Is there space within the fearful tightening? Is there space within the unrelaxed body? Seeing into experience, feeling into experience, being curious about your experience. What is space? Hungzhir says, with clear, bright understanding, vast and expansive. The true self accepts its function, whether emerging or disintegrating, whether in a positive of receiving or releasing, sorry, whether in a position of receiving or releasing, directly perform the same workings as earth and sky, arising and dispersing along the 10,000 forms, lofty and majestic, Where do they come from? Still in solitude, where do they go? With clear, bright understanding, vast and expansive, the truth self accepts its function. Whether emerging or disintegrating, whether in a position of receiving or releasing, directly perform the same workings as earth and sky arising and dispersing along the 10,000 forms. Lofty and majestic, where do they come from? Still in solitude, where do they go? This self-idea constantly being formed and reformed, as is true with everything on this earth, every apparent other, a constantly fluxing collection of sensations, ideas, forms. Open-minded and bright without defilement, simply see into and drop off everything. We don't need to do anything to drop off everything. We don't need to do anything to drop off everything. An instruction like this can subtly become an ego project to get rid of the things I don't like. Oh, but they said to drop off everything. So I'm sitting here on the cushion, dropping thoughts, (laughs) gonna get them to go away. Or practicing spacious mind, we constrict and constrict and constrict We've been reading the teachings of Suzuki Roshi here at Great Vow um, as part of our summer program. I think this is attributed to him, but so many Zen teachers have said it. Zazen is not a self-improvement project. Zazen is not a self-improvement project. At least not in the sense that we usually approach life. Here in Zazen, dualities can coexist. It's never one or the other. Open is not the opposite of closed. An open mind can hold the places that were closed and tight. Dropping off is an attitude of allowing. The attitude of the sky as a thunderstorm rolls through just allows. The sky doesn't say, no, go away. If you don't identify with the problem-making mind, can we really say that a, su- a thunderstorm is less than a clear peaceful, sunny day, that a persistent pecking of the woodpecker is worse than the wind blowing through the bamboo. When we drop off identifying with the small I and its narratives, hopes, fears, and simply let it be in presence, when we drop into presence, into awareness, there is no problem. Even the mind saying there's a problem is not a problem. There is life happening, narrative happening, hope happening, fear happening, trying to get it right happening, not a problem. Like a thunderstorm, or a butterfly. Dogen Zenji says, drop off, dropping off. Everything is already dropping off. Everything is already dropping off, becoming its next thing. Rain and anger, drought and fear, cold and hot, all the textures, colors, and sounds of this life happening, your life happening, And we are all of it. We are this life happening. Drop off everything and become everything. No longer in opposition to anything. You are the flow of life itself. The free flow of awareness. This is an embodied practice. Jogen Sensei has been uh, giving us basic posture instruction to help settle the body, to live not in opposition to the body, to allow the body to be as it is. This is an embodied practice. The fullness of life is celebrated through emptiness. Emptiness. Emptiness, sky mind, is not in opposition to fullness. Emptiness is what allows fullness and the diversity of life. In emptiness, we find our true home right here, right where we sit, right where we stand, right where we walk, right where we work, right where we lie down. Hangzhou says, from this field, our life arises. From this empty field, our life arises. From this empty field, it is fulfilled. Mumon Khan, Case 38. An ox passes through the window. Master Goso said, To give an example, it is like an ox passing through a window, his head horns, and four legs pass through, why is it that that tiny tail cannot? Now, let's suspend the disbelief of an ox passing through a window and focus more on the ox itself, at least for this talk, an ox. An ox, sometimes in this koan, it's a bull. Sometimes a buffalo can feel into the differences between those animals. Many koans contain the image of an animal. And in entering the world of the animal, the koan invokes can bring about insight into the spirit and essence of the koan. Here, too, the animal, may become a friend, a companion on the path, a totem, a guide. Oxen are great cultivators of the land. Buffalo roam the land freely, still in some parts of the world. Ox, oxen, notice what your associations are with this animal, ox buffalo, bull, strong, embodied animals, protectors, hard workers, fierce, embodied compassion, perhaps. I was recently driving with my partner through the Southwest, and we were on a stretch of dirt road that is part of the Canyonlands National Park on our way to Horseshoe Canyon to see the rock art there. We were driving on a stretch of dirt road that was 30 miles long and mostly vast stretches of high desert with no obvious signs of life. When we suddenly happened upon a herd of cattle grazing on the street, or very near the street, street, And I was driving, and directly on my left-hand side was the bull standing in the middle of the opposite lane of traffic. He fiercely stood his ground, looking directly at me as I drove past. His whole body was alert. His whole body was standing right there. And in in watching him and looking at him, I felt this utter sense of belonging. Him watching me, him standing where he stood, alert, me watching him watch me. (laughs) It is the year of the ox, and on New Year's Day, we streamed Shoto Harada Roshi, giving a talk on this same koan. In Chinese cosmology, the ox is associated with great faith and great determination. They are honest, it's said, and steadfast, stubborn, and kind. Ox and human have had a relationship since 4,000 BC. They embody perseverance and a confidence in where they stand. An astrologer friend of mine said oxen or bulls are quintessential Zen practitioners because they are content to just sit there. He remarks, of all the animals in the zodiac, bull or ox are the most deeply embodied. I wanted to invoke the ox or the bull for this reason. Zazen is a practice of the body. And oxen, or bulls, or buffalo embody that sense of belonging, belonging here in this skin, in this body, whole body alert, belonging here in this skin, in this body, on this earth, in this place. They invite us, if we take them up on it, to feel the body deeply like Jogen Sensei has been instructing to feel the body, inhabit the body with kindness. It's an invitation of discovery. And I know for me, it can feel like, oh, I haven't been embodied my whole life, I'm doing something wrong and now I have to try to figure out how to feel my body. And it's maybe more simpler than that. The body itself is already alert, wakeful. We're just allowing the body to be as it is, an animal on this earth. Animals are naturally embodied. Wakefulness fills their bodies. I watch this in my cat every day. So the koan gives us the whole ox's body. The koan goes, his head, horns, four legs, all pass through. One way of empowering the body's wakefulness, practicing inhabiting the body with kindness, is to allow awareness to move from the horns of thought, the head, down the spine, Relaxing the shoulders and neck, chest and belly, perhaps finding the hara, the energetic center, four finger widths below the belly button, inside the body. And then continuing to relax into the four legs To this sense of rooted connection to the earth through this seat, these legs, these feet, grounding attention here. Letting the sensations of leg and seat or hara or hands on your lap be a grounding point in the body a place to ground and center attention, to inhabit with kindness. And if you notice that you keep getting caught in the tangle of thought coming back to the embodied ox-like sitting, presence like a bull, all the way to the tail. And from here, opening awareness like the sky. And then returning to your method. The ox is something or someone you can take with you into all the activities of the body. Walking like an ox, each step wakeful, alert, embodied, belonging. Everywhere you stand on this earth, you belong. Here, fully inhabiting the body with confidence and kindness, naturalness. Walk like an animal. Walk from the hara. Walk from your center, your unique walk. Work practice as an ox using the whole body, working from the hara feeling feet touching the earth or ground. Another reminder, yes, you belong here on this earth. Your body, this body is part of the earth. No one can stand where you're standing. No one can embody this body the way you can. Taking ox naps or lying down on the earth, embodied like an ox. It's a a recommendation or encouragement to stay embodied through all activities. The body is always in the present moment, and shifting from the horns down to the tail into each leg, staying embodied through all activities, all activities that we do during sashin, chanting, eating, are embodied activities. It's permission to enjoy being embodied, to practice enjoying being embodied. It's not something we get to practice very often the tastes of food while you eat, the feelings of uttering words while chanting, the way the breath tastes, the ways we shape and move the body during body practice. This tale is such a beautiful image for the spontaneity of mind's nature. It moves on its own without your control watch the tail of an animal. Like if there are flies there, it's just flapping, 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 flapping. Or when my cat's excited, she just like can't help it and knocks things over with her tail. The naturalness of embodiment reminds us as Mary Oliver says, let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. And maybe that's as simple as it gets don't have to do anything. The body knows how to be alert, how to listen. There is an ancient Zen teaching called the Ox Herding Pictures, where the metaphor of searching, finding, taming an ox are used to describe the process of coming to recognize and familiarize ourselves with awake awareness. And the, fifth, the sixth picture of, the, of 10, there are 10 ox-herding pictures, is entitled, Riding the Ox Home. And a line from uh, the poem of that picture is, Stretched out on the back of your ox, you gaze at the sky. Stretched out on the back of your ox, you gaze at the sky. I like this as a practice instruction for cultivating the empty field. Sitting as an ox, inhabiting the body, like an ox inhabits their body, wakeful, alert, kind. Mind like the sky, stretched out, open, relaxed. Yet like a great cultivator, embodying intention, commitment, love. Another line from the sixth ox herding image says, of the ox and the rider, so close a companion, so close a companion. Ox and rider, awareness, presence. We companion ourselves in this practice we can learn to companion our aloneness, our solitariness. Let your practice be your companion. Let presence be your companion. You belong here to this awareness, to this place, this seat, this earth. This breath, this life happening, you are part of it all. Surely, as Hongzhi says, this is not your first arrival here. Please have confidence like an ox. Confidence in yourself. The mystery of yourself and who you are, who you really are. And in this practice, in awareness, confidence develops through practice. Every moment of recognition, oh thinking, zoom out, disidentify, back to body, back to presence, back to your method. Hangzhir, From the beginning, all beings have this. From the beginning, all beings have this, a clean, spacious, and broad plain. Within the field, they plow clouds and sow the moon. Have wonder, have play. This work we are doing together cannot be understood Solely with the intellect. It comes through direct knowing. The teachers and teachings can only point. We can't tell you what to do in that most intimate sense. You must, you will apply the practice creatively to meet each moment. And through that, you discover for yourself One breath at a time, one sound at a time, one sensation at a time. It always comes back to this, here, the only place we are alive, truly. Don't let the conceptual mind have its way. Trust your own nature. We are playing in the mystery. Isn't it wondrous? Emptying the self sense, Hunger says, is wondrous. Oh, before we do the four great bodhisattva vows, I just wanted to remind folks on Zoom that we'll have a uh, group San right after this. And uh, they'll put the link in the chat. And also uh, we sent the link via email and it should be also on the, the page, the Sashim page. So right after the four great bodhisattva vows, uh, take a short break and I'll meet you in the Zoom room. Chant cards or page five?